today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. They were delivered out of Egypt, a type of the world, slavery in Egypt, slavery to sin, and they were saved. They're saved. But they lost out on the blessings, on the promises. This is not about losing your salvation. It's about losing out on all that God has for you, and all because of fear and unbelief. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. It's possible to walk with God and not please Him, just like how you can have a marriage that's unhealthy and toxic. Today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that our salvation is certain, but the blessings of God are contingent upon our trust in Him. If you don't put your faith in Him, then why would He give blessings? Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Hebrews chapter 6 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Caleb and Joshua, the only two guys. Could you imagine having a barbecue with these guys? And they're like, you guys, what is the matter with you? We can do this. (laughs) God promised us this. Come on, buck up, buttercup. Let's do it. No, no. I'm afraid. They're big. We're toothpicks. They'll just snap us in two. I'm not going to do it. And then it spread like a virus. A real one. (laughs) Okay, whoa. So, and that's what fear does, by the way. So they started spreading this evil report throughout the camp of the Israelites. And before you know it, every single one of them were murmuring and complaining and accusing God of not having enough graves in Egypt to kill and bury them. He brought them out here to kill them and bury them. God takes that pretty serious, and rightfully so. You're not going to believe me? You think that I intend evil against you? You're not going to trust me? Well, then you're not going to taste from the cup of the blessings and promises that I have for those who will. Only Joshua and Caleb. Why? Because they came back and they said, we're taking this land. God promised it to us. It's our land. Let's go. Let's go. You ready? No, not going. You're right. You're not going. And they made the fatal mistake, the Israelites, of bringing their children into it. What about our kids, man? God's going to kill our kids. And God's like, you think? No, your kids are going to go in, but you're not. And so any Israelite over the age of 20 died out there in the wilderness because they wouldn't believe God for the promises and the blessings that he had. They forfeited it. It'd be like winning something and not accepting it. You forfeit it. You lose it. You don't take what is yours. 
that God has given to you. Now, why is this explanation of and context of Kadesh Barnea so important? Because the Israelites were still saved. They just lost the promised land. They didn't lose their salvation. They were still saved. If you want the typology, again, I hope it's not an oversimplification, but they were delivered out of Egypt, a type of the world, slavery in Egypt, slavery to sin, and they were saved. They're saved. But they lost out on the blessings, on the promises. This is not about losing your salvation. It's about losing out on all that God has for you, and all because of fear and unbelief. They would not move forward. In fact, how many times, and this was one of those times, they wanted to go back to Egypt. Shortly after the Exodus, (laughs) of course the mixed multitudes didn't help, but they had this like, one has called it selective memory, and they, they were reminiscing about the buffet in Egypt with the leeks and the onions. And, and here God is miraculously providing them with manna every day, every morning, all that they needed. And what do they do? You know, I don't want manna anymore. I want meat. I want flesh to eat. And they murmured and complained against God. And God's like, okay, you want meat to eat? I'm going to give you some meat to eat. So what does God do? He said, oh man, our study through the Old Testament, I have fond memories of those nights going through the Old Testament, the accounts, and particularly the, the Exodus and And I found myself, I had to check myself because I found myself doing what many of us do. We're all prone to this. We were quick to, you know, say of the Israelites, I'd never do that. Yes, you would. Yes, you would. So God sends them quail, and they're indulging and gorging on this meat. And while it's still in their teeth, stuck in between their teeth, they die. Why? Unbelief. Unbelief. That's the key, if I can use that expression, that unlocks this. The best explanation that I've ever heard on this is from Dr. Andy Woods, who gave me permission to share this. For those that are interested, we're going to include the link to, actually three links, but one of them is to this video on his YouTube channel. I subscribe to his YouTube channel. This particular video, I was actually back in 2016, is titled, A Solution to Hebrews 6, 4 through 6, Kadesh Barnea. If you don't mind, I'd like to share with you some excerpts from a paper he sent me 
titled The Paradigm of Kadesh Barnea as a Solution to the Problem of Hebrews 6, 4 through 6 specifically. Now, you have to understand that the problem is you've got teachers, pastors, teaching that this passage here means you can lose your salvation. And that's a problem, as you might imagine. So here's the solution. Quoting Dr. Woods, the purpose of this paper is to show that the difficulty typically associated with this passage is perhaps overstated. Confusion only arises when interpreters attempt to understand Hebrews 6, 4 through 6, in isolation of what precedes these verses a few chapters earlier. In Hebrews 3 and 4, the writer compares his audience to the generation of Jews that committed the sin of unbelief at Kadesh Barnea, Numbers 13 and 14. Such a comparison is warranted on account of the similarities between the two groups. Stay with me. Fear of the Canaanite giants caused the Exodus generation to distrust God and disobey His command to take Canaan. Such distrust and disobedience had, listen, irretrievable consequences as that generation permanently forfeited the blessings of inheriting and enjoying the promised land. Similarly, fear of persecution from the Jews was tempting the Hebrew Christians into lapsing back into Judaism. Such persecution was causing them to lose confidence in God and thus violate his admonition to press on in the faith. The author of Hebrews connects the sin of the Exodus generation with that of his audience for the purpose of showing them that they too would irrevocably forfeit blessings if they imitated the distrust and disobedience of the Exodus generation. I'm not quoting right now, but make no mistake about it. This Hebrew audience that this writer writes to knows well, very well, exactly what happened. They talk about it all the time. And so when the writer of Hebrews is referring to Kadesh Barnea and what their forefathers did, and he's drawing that comparison and connecting those dots, they would have got it. They would have got it. Quoting again, the contention of this paper is that if the interpreter first begins with Hebrews 3 and 4 and considers how the writer compares his audience to the generation of Jews that committed the sin of unbelief at Kadesh Barnea, then the warning of Hebrews 6 becomes understandable. In other words, if Kadesh Barnea is seen as the paradigm for the book of Hebrews, and it is, then the warning passages are decipherable. Such a perspective logically leads the interpreter away from the Calvinist, Arminian, and hypothetical views, and instead 
causes the interpreter to embrace the loss of blessing view. The Exodus generation was redeemed with its population, regenerated prior to the events of Kadesh Barnea. Thus, their unbelief at Kadesh Barnea did not, listen very carefully, did not affect their justified status. They were still saved, but rather introduced an irrevocable forfeiture of enjoying the blessings of Canaan. Well, that makes sense. Okay, pastor, listen, with all due respect, you handled the text well, and I'll give you an F for effort, or is that a, it's a different, and I, I got a lot of F for efforts, I guess, in school, but being the scholar that I'm not. But um, with all due respect, pastor, I, this is, you're talking about the Israelites back in the Exodus, you're talking about the Hebrew Christians, almost 2,000 years ago. What in the world does this have to do with me today? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. You asked, right? I'm going to answer it anyway. It has everything to do with us. And here's how I get there. Can you imagine if we interpret better said, misinterpreted this to mean that, hey, (laughs) if you backslide, if you go backwards, it's impossible for you again to come to repentance. And in fact, what you're doing is you're going to crucify Jesus all over again and expose Him to public shame and disgrace. How about that? You lost your salvation. What's that going to do to you? I already know the answer. I can write the next chapter in your life. Let me take it a step further and say that the days in which we are living are the likes of which we have never seen before, and I would argue we'll never see again. And if I'm not rock solid doctrinally, when it comes to my security, my salvation in Jesus Christ, I mean, I mean, I'm speechless. And for me, that's a miracle to not know what to say. (laughs) I I don't know what to say. How would you, how, if that's the case, first of all, the first problem, and this is probably the biggest problem, and there are many problems, is how you view God at a time when you need Him more than ever before. And if there's kind of this, I don't know, I don't know, you are to be pitied. And I just say it like that. In fact, that's what the Apostle Paul said when he wrote to the Corinthians. I mean, if Jesus just, if Jesus didn't, what what are we doing here? If, if this isn't true, if I'm not saved, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, if He didn't come and was crucified and buried for three days and rise again from the dead, and He's not coming back, what are we doing here? This is absurd. This would be unthinkable. Why are you here then, if this isn't true? I mean, it's a, it's a farce. If it's a farce, we are to be pitied among 
everyone, more than anyone, we are to be pitied. But it is true, if we would but believe. I want to close with just a quick comment that I think is apropos. So in the prophecy update, I did something a little bit different with the ABCs of salvation and talked about the centrality of believe, the B. Because really it's just believe. The antithesis of belief is unbelief. Just believe. There's nothing we have to do. There's nothing we bring to the table of salvation. He did it all. He paid it all. We're saved by grace through faith. Don't miss that last part. Through faith. Why does Paul to the Ephesians explicitly say it like that? Because God saves us by grace, but it's through faith. Believe. Putting your faith in, your trust in. Now, this is where, uh, you can tell I don't have any notes for this. This is where people get really, um, what's the word? They get, um, well, I guess confused is the word. You know, I, I, I talked to my neighbor. He said, yeah, I believe in God. Is he saved? <laughs> the demons believe and tremble. They're not saved. So then what, pray tell, does it mean to believe? It means to put your trust in, have faith in the person of Jesus Christ. That's what believe means. Believe in your heart. You believe Jesus is Lord. And then what comes is, I mean, Do you remember when you first got saved? You couldn't shut up, right? All you could do was talk about Jesus. All you could do was just praise the Lord and pray and thank God. And I mean, the only thing that came out of your mouth was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You had no theology, no doctrine, no systematic nothing. All you knew was Jesus is real. He's really real. Jesus is real. (laughs) Do you want to know Jesus? He's real. That was it. And then people would get saved. How simple is that? Why? Because they would believe. They would look at you and go, wow, he really believes this. Yes! I'm staking my life on it. I believe. That's what believe means. And the centrality of, I mean, in some ways you could say, yeah, the ABCs of salvation is simple, but it's actually simpler than ABC. It's B. <laughs> Belief. That's it. What's uh, unbelief going to cost me? A lot. Yeah, but I'm already saved. Yeah, but think about that. All of these promises, all of these blessings that are yours, if you would but believe. They're yours. I wonder, and I I remember hearing this, and this this will be the last thing. (laughs) I remember hearing this early on in my Christian walk. And I I know it's not really, uh, you, you can't really find a scriptural a basis for it, but it is something to to consider and think about. 
The thought is, is that I wonder when we do get to heaven, is there going to be any knowledge of all of the things that could have been ours here on earth? I mean, if so, it wouldn't be for very long because there's no more sorrow, no more regret, no more tears, no more nothing in heaven. But I just wonder if there's going to be this sense of, man, if I'd have known this, oh, I could have had that. Yeah. God promised that? Yeah. God would have blessed me with that? Yeah. Wow, I didn't believe. I didn't believe it. Unbelief. And I lost it. The blessing. The blessing. Okay, one last thing. This will be the last, last thing. I want to get back to Joshua and Caleb. I got to imagine it was kind of hard for them, because this was, you know, their family, their brethren, and they were the only two. Can you imagine once they entered in to the promised land, the only two out of all of them, along with the I want to say kids under 20. Nowadays you call an 18-year-old a kid, they'll probably slap you in the face, but the under 20s, can we say it like that? And Joshua and Caleb were the only ones. I wonder what the children of that generation were thinking to themselves. Man, my parents really blew it. Wish mom and dad were here. I wonder what Joshua and Caleb felt like and thought. Here they are in the promised land. That had to hurt. That had to hurt. What a sorrow. What a loss. So needless the loss of the blessings. If you heard nothing I said today, or screamed today, sorry if I yelled, hear this please, because moving forward in the days ahead, it is crucial. It is crucial that you understand that God loves you so much. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You can never lose your salvation. Yeah, we might have some tough times ahead. It's getting harder, it seems, by the day. I mean, that's, it's getting real. And I'll tell you, it, this is no time. We live in a very unforgiving world for any unbelief. It is unforgiving. Unbelief is unforgiving. Believe. Trust the Lord. He's going to see you through no matter how hard it is or how hard it gets. Do you think He's not going to do that? If He cares for the birds of the air, they weren't made in God's image. You were. Those flowers in the field, He clothes them magnificently, splendidly. And they're here today, gone tomorrow. He's not going to care for you. And that bird, have you ever seen a bird stuffing worms into a barn for next month's rent? No. Why? Because the bird knows he has a heavenly father that's going to feed him. How much more you? Faith, belief. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you. I Thank you for this tough text. <laughs> tough stuff, but wow, Lord, thank you so much for the assurance, the confidence, the blessings, the promises that are ours if we would but 
believe. Thank you, Lord, for our salvation. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Some of what you heard today may have encouraged you in your faith. There are many revered Bible characters mentioned in the book of Hebrews, people who lived ordinary lives but amounted to much in God's eyes when it came to faith. Perhaps you might be the same. You're living your very ordinary life, striving to live for God, but sometimes you make some harebrained decisions. Thankfully, God's looking at your life and your faith as a whole. This should be encouraging to you. You don't have to live up to perfection. Continue following this series with us in the book of Hebrews to gain additional glimpses of faith lived out. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of In Spirit and Truth, go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're at our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Once again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Thanks for listening today to this teaching in the book of Hebrews. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God has been putting on his heart. Faith is something that's ongoing, so keep it up. Join us again on In Spirit and Truth. Holy me true.